And welcome back to Hanging with Mr. Douglas. It is I, that guy from the beach. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome back. We got the last chapter in Out of This World here. Chapter four. No one to change but self. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hey, I'm just really thankful you all are here. This is fun. I enjoy this. Without further ado, let us continue on this journey with Neville. Chapter 4 of Out of This World No One to Change But Self. Wait, I'm going to read it like the Spanish do. He's got to have a name. I uh, mean, you know, we'll figure it out. Chapter 4 No One to Change But Self. As for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. John 17:19. The ideal we serve and strive to attain could never be evolved from us were it not potentially involved in our nature. It is now my purpose to retell and to emphasize an experience of mine printed by me two years ago. I believe these quotations from The Search will help us to understand the operation of the law of consciousness and show us that we have no one to change but self. Once in an idle interval at sea, I meditated on the perfect state and wondered what I would be were I of too pure eyes to behold iniquity, if to me all things were pure and were I without condemnation. As I became lost in this fiery brooding, I found myself lifted above the dark environment of the senses. So intense was feeling I felt myself a being of fire dwelling in a body of air. Voices as from a heavenly chorus with the exaltation of those who had been conquerors in a conflict with death were singing. He is risen, he is risen, and intuitively, I knew they meant me. Then I seemed to be walking in the night. I soon came upon a scene that might have been the ancient pool of Bethesda, for in this place lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting not for the moving of the water as of tradition, but waiting for me. As I came near without thought or effort on my part, they were, one after the other, molded as by the magician of the beautiful, eyes, hands, feet, all missing members, were drawn from some invisible reservoir and molded in harmony with that perfection which I felt springing within me. When all were made perfect, the chorus exulted, It is finished. Then the scene dissolved and I awoke. I know the vision was the result of my intense meditation upon the idea of perfection, for my meditations invariably bring about union with the state contemplated. I had been so completely absorbed within the idea that, for a while, I had become what I contemplated, and the high purpose with which I had for that moment identified myself drew the companionship of high things and fashioned the vision in harmony with my inner nature. The ideal with which we are united works by association of ideals to awaken a thousand moods to create a drama in keeping with the central idea. My mystical experiences have conceived my mystical experiences have convinced me that there is no way to bring about the outer perfection we seek other than by the transformation of ourselves.
In the divine economy, nothing is lost. Hey, energy cannot be created or destroyed. We cannot lose anything save by descent from the sphere where the thing has its natural life. There is no transforming power in death, and whether we are here or there, we fashion the world that surrounds us by the intensity of our imagination and feeling. And we illuminate or darken our lives by the concepts we hold of ourselves. Nothing is more important to us than our conception of ourselves. And especially is this true of our concept of the dimensionally great one within us. I gotta say it again, nothing is more important to us than our conception of ourselves. Do you think you're awesome? Because if you think you're awesome, then you are. And I don't just mean, oh, I'm more awesome, y'all, what's up, in the, <laughs> in the egoic sense. I mean that you're a human being. And being a human being is awesome. And it's not easy all the time. That doesn't make it any less awesome. And the fact that you are here right now, listening to this, exposing yourself to this, your lungs are going, your mind is flashing, your blood is pumping, your heart is moving. That's awesome. Know that. That you are awesome. There is a basis of awesomeness that you get to stand upon and decide how you want to direct and use that awesomeness. Anything less is untrue, unless you decide to make it so. But if that means you get to decide whether or not you are anything less than awesome or awesome, what are you going to decide? What's your decision? I know what mine is. And I thought, hey, <laughs> not to say that it's not as if. And this certainly is, uh, uh, you know, one of the resounding thoughts I keep uh, having bounce back at me when I'm reading this information is solipsism. Solipsism, this all sounds like solipsism. Which is, you know, your brain, your mind, your imagination is everything, and everybody around you is just you. And perhaps there are degrees of that, but I like to think of it more as a kind of massive interference pattern of vibration, where we are all vibrating and giving off our vibes, and our vibes are, to use the scientific term, interfering with each other, bouncing off each other. And so we are informed of each other by my vibes mixing with your vibes, creating this seemingly objective world that we exist in. There's a really interesting description of what a relationship is. Uh, and uh, it actually is three points. You have point A and point B. Point A and point B, let's go ahead and say person, person A and person B, relating to each other. But it is that relating to each other, that relation, which creates the third point, which is, in fact, the relationship. That third point is the relationship. I'm not the relationship. You're not the relationship. The relationship is the relating of us together. And so we are creating this thing as we relate to each other. And to me, that, uh, you know, boop, 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 you chunk that up. And that, that seems to me maybe one of the processes that uh, is being put into place to create the universe. But you go back to that question, what are we? Well, we are the observing observer. And in observing, we send out impressions of the observation. 
And it is those impressions of the observation upon the sea of consciousness that ripple out from our center point and interact with all of the other ripples of attention rippling forth to ripple up and make our, ex uh, our physically experienced reality. Let us ripple up together to create a shared relation of enjoyment, joy, pleasurable adventure and experience together. Okay, where was I? <laughs> right. Nothing is more important to us than our conception of ourselves. And especially is this true of our concept of the dimensionally great one within us. Those who help or hinder us, whether they know it or not, are the servants of that law which shapes outward circumstances in harmony with our inner nature. It is our conception of ourselves which frees or constrains us, though it may use material agencies to achieve this purpose. Because life molds the outer world to reflect the inner arrangement of our minds, there is no way of bringing about the outer perfection we seek other than by the transformation of ourselves. No help cometh from without. The hills to which we left our eyes are those of an inner range. It is thus to our own consciousness that we must turn as to the only reality, the only foundation on which all phenomena can be explained. We can rely absolutely on the justice of this law to give us only that which is of the nature of ourselves. To attempt to change the world before we change our concept of ourselves is to struggle against the nature of things. There can be no outer change until there is first an inner change. As within, so without. I didn't write that. I didn't say that. That was in there already. Uh, it's from the Kabbalion. I am not advocating philosophical indifference when I suggest that we should imagine ourselves as already that which we want to be living in a mental atmosphere of greatness rather than using physical means and arguments to bring about the desired change, everything we do, unaccompanied by a change of consciousness, is but futile readjustment of surfaces. However we toil or struggle, we can conceive no more than our assumptions affirm. To protest against anything which happens to us is to protest against the law of our being and our rulership over our own destiny. The circumstances of my life are too closely related to my conception of myself not to have been formed by my own spirit from some dimensionally larger storehouse of my being. If there is pain to me in these happenings, I should look within myself for the cause, for I am moved here and there and made to live in a world in harmony with my concept of myself. Intense meditation brings about a union with the state contemplated and during this union, we see visions, have experiences, and behave in keeping with our change of consciousness. This shows us that a transformation of consciousness will result in a change of environment and behavior. All wars prove that violent emotions are extremely potent in precipitating mental rearrangements. Every great conflict has been followed by an era of materialism and greed in which the ideals for which the conflict ostensibly were waged are submerged. This is inevitable because war evokes hate, which impels a descent in consciousness from the plane of the ideal to the level where the conflict is waged. Not a fan of war, I can agree with that. 
If we could become as emotionally aroused over our ideals as we become over our dislikes, we would ascend to the plane of our ideal as easily as we now descend to the level of our hates. Love and hate have a magical, transforming power, and we grow through their exercise into the likeness of what we contemplate. By intensity of hatred, we create in ourselves the character we imagine in our enemies. Qualities die for want of attention, so the unlovely states might best be rubbed out by imaging beauty for ashes and joy for mourning. Isaiah 61.3 Rather than by direct attacks on the state from which we would be free. Whatsoever things are lovely and of good report, think on these things. Philippians 4.8 For we become that with which we are in report. There is nothing to change but our concept of self. As soon as we succeed in transforming self, our world will dissolve and reshape itself in harmony with that which our change affirms. The End And that is the end of a very nice short chart book here, written by Neville Goddard, Out of This World. Fantastic. Boy, I enjoyed that. And uh, hey... If, uh, I don't know about you, but I definitely recognize a lot of similarities from Mr. Murphy's Power of Our Subconscious Mind to Out of This World. Really great, though, recognizing that our emotion does really move us, our attention, to what we dislike or like, to what we love or hate. And all those Bible quotes, boy, they were great. So, all right, I mean, step one, know what you want. Step two, sleepy, dreamy state. Step three, relax and attend so wholeheartedly, so completely that uh, you would in fact become within your mind's eye, for lack of a better term, that which is what you are attending to and experience the results. Now, in my experience, uh, you know, it is a delay. There is, as, and, and it's interesting that he said that the fourth dimensional world passes slowly through our world, uh, which infers a kind of delay. But keep at it and believe. Believe that that is the prime mover and that everything around you is simply evidence of what it is you are attending to. Well, may we all attend in whatever way we find most enjoyable to that which we want to bring into our lives and live those lives as fully as we do in our own minds. Moving forward, I am very excited to bring uh, really interesting and kind of disparate ways, uh, certain realms of magic, manifestation, mantraing, energy work, etc. All of these ways we can use our attention to interact with gain information from and employ into our lives ways in which we can live better and better inside and outside as above so below kind of style next up i believe i will be bringing on a really fascinating article blog post written by reverend jangle bones all about connecting with angels uh, a departure from how we have been addressing the mind, but we've laid a fantastic foundation here. And so if how we attend with our mind brings about the kind of experiences we experience in physical reality, 
What does that mean then to give our attention to these various avenues of interaction, either with angels, uh, with sigil making, with mantra, attention, with guided meditation, with hypnosis, with neurolinguistic programming? What does that mean? These are all, you know, many different rivers, streams, bubbling brooks, all to the same source of sea, which is consciousness, I believe. But that's why I'm doing this, because this is fun and I want to explore this and see what happens. What have we got to lose? What have we got to gain? See yourself as the self you'd like to see yourself as and goal set, live and make decisions from there. I, for one, am very excited to experience a world where we all do this. And moment by moment, the more we do it, the closer we get to it. Mm. Got a lot to do. Got to get to it. Well, thank you all for hanging. I am having a blast. Onward and upward, and here we go into some really interesting ways we can use our attention. Till next time.